let's catch everyone up on what's been going on on the Retro Rewind podcast. Hey, Francisco, you know how the first episodes are so not rated the way we rate things now? And we talked about going back and redoing them. Why are you test piloting and going back and not someone else? I would not want anyone else to sacrifice their lives for it. Install the quantum jump drive into the Thunder Road 2. Re-rewind is ready to jump. What's happening? It's as if the captain's been erased from existence. Anyone got an Omega-13 lying around? Guys, a ship just appeared out of nowhere on a- We'll play it, dang it. Compliance. Hello, RRP crew and family. The time jump caused a gigawatt overload which scrambled the time circuits, activated the flux capacitor, and sent me back to 1978. I have been watching the Superman movie while I attempted to repair the damage. All right, Alice, set quarters for Superman 1978. The Retro Rewind pod appears in 1978. Before them lies a familiar scout ship, the Thunder Road 2. But there is no movement within. Could the captain still be inside? Is he even alive? Too many questions. Not enough answers for those on the bridge of the RR pod. Open a channel to the Thunder Road 2. TR2, are you reading us? Francisco, are you there? Anybody have any readings on the TR2 whatsoever? Yes! I have temporal traces here. What does that mean? It means he time jumped. Well, can we track it? I'm pretty sure, but we'll need a lot of time to decipher the residue and analyze and test and analyze. Okay, get to it, uh, please. In the meantime, I guess the rest of us have some time to kill. Maybe we can review the movie Superman while we're here. But with Francisco gone, I could use a little help. Alice, call fellow podcasters Dallas and Celeste from Geek Devotions to the bridge. Whoa! What? Why did the room just change? I I don't... Glex, what happened? Our impossibility drive picked up a distress beacon that went out, and I answered it. Don't you think you could have warned us? Really, Glex? We all know that there are only two things you do when there's a distress beacon. Either A, you run away because it's a trap, or uh, answer it because there's there's dead bodies and there's really cool things to loot. And we don't, we'd really love to be able to make a choice. Protocol 166 says we respond instantly when it comes from friends. And besides, Alice and I needed a girl's night while you guys watch a movie. Wait, what? Oh, hey, Paul. All right. Thanks for helping out with this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Yeah! Time hop through the movies. Time hop through the movies. Time hop through the movies. Time hop. Well, he was wondering if we could go back and revise our old reviews. So he time tested the scout ship and bam, trouble ensues. Now he's lost in the timeline and we're searching through the cosmos. Tell me where in time is. Captain Francisco. Gotta Tell me it. where in time is Captain Francisco? Where can where be in time is Captain Francisco? Where in time is Captain Francisco? Where in time is Captain Francisco?
Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies, video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 166, where there are links to contact us and vote on the movies we cover. If you end up loving the show and want to see it thrive, you can become a reflux capacitor. They're making our time travel possible alongside our patrons, Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keating, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, the Feelin' Film Podcast, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, the Untold Podcast, Mrs. Lomax, Andy Lewis, Peter Panda, and two awesome patrons as well. Thank you all for supporting us on Patreon. Our Captain Francisco Ruiz is currently lost in the movie space-time continuum. But I, Paul J. Powers, your XO, have taken over command and continue to sail with you as always. The crew has nicknamed me Paul the Master Interrupter Powers, and we will see if that stays true as this episode continues. And to help me review this movie in absence of our captain, we are joined by ship's clergy Dallas Pandamora from Geek Devotions. Hello. Hey, welcome aboard. And uh, so, Dallas, this is your sixth time as guest host on our show, which means you've been promoted from shipman to chief. Whoa. Congratulations. Awesome. I don't have any medals to give you. That's the captain's job. So take it up with him whenever we find, find him. him. Yes. <laughs> do, do I get a little AI named Cortana? Uh, again, talk it up. All questions are to <laughs> save them till the end when we find our captain. <laughs> okay. We also have joining with us is your lovely wife, the ship's historian, Celeste Mora. Hello. Hello. Also from Geek Devotions, this is your fifth time as guest host. So next time you're on, you get the promotion. Woohoo! Yeah. So thank you both for helping as we search and ask where in time is Captain Francisco. We're looking forward to hearing more from you later and also finding out how each of us answered this movie's trivial question, which is... Actor Roger Moore, who played James Bond, according to his autobiography, he witnessed Christopher Reeve walking through the canteen at Pinewood Studios in full Superman costume. Oblivious to the swooning female admirers, he left in his way. But when he did the same thing dressed as Clark Kent, no one paid him any attention. (laughs) So your (laughs) trivia for this episode is who would you like to dress up as and have all the people's admiration? We will answer this question later on in the show. But for now, Celeste, can you help us out and lay in a course for this episode? First, our roundtable discussion will consist of the trailer, synopsis, production details for Superman. Then we'll discuss the top three things we liked and disliked about the movie. We'll follow that up with our final rating of classic, nostalgic, or tragic. And then check on our engineers' progress in their search for the captain. Everybody got that? Got it, Captain. Alice, rewind when ready. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. From a doomed planet in a distant galaxy to a fantastic underground hideaway. From the fortress of solitude to the bustling city room of the Daily Planet. Look, up on the screen. It's Superman. Superman, the movie. So that's the info that the trailer gave us. But Dallas, what did we remember about Superman before we rewatched it? Well, let's see here. 
Planet Krypton explodes, but not before sending a baby and three criminals into outer space. Clark is raised on a farm and learns with great power comes great responsibility. He must navigate with the balance between his two identities as he attempts to live his life as a reporter and a superhero. But things get difficult when the three criminal Kryptonians are released by Luther. Clark Kent struggles to find a phone booth, and once he has changed into Superman, someone says the best line in the entire movie. Man, that's one bad outfit. Superman saves the day as the evil Kryptonians are banished once again, and he resumes his secret life as Clark Kent. Finally, Superman thwarts Lex Luthor's real estate scheme by turning back time. Or does he? If I could turn back time. Sorry. <laughs> well, some of that was right, but unfortunately, some of those were... Incepted. No! Can I turn back time? No. Oh. Well, we'll discuss that later, I'm sure. <laughs> Based on those memories, as flaws they may have been, what rating did they lead you to predict for this movie before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Uh, Celeste, what did you predict? I predicted classic. And Dallas? This was actually hard for me. I was, I was wavering between nostalgic or classic, but uh, I went with classic. Okay. And I also predicted classic. So we have a unanimous high expectations of this film. So let's see how they pan out. But first, our memories may have not been technically correct. But Dallas, what are the technicals for this movie? Superman is a 1948-15 part black and white film starring Kirk Allen as what? Superman. Wait, no, no, no. I don't think we want to... When I said the original Superman, I didn't mean that far back. Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> too far, too Sorry. far. Sorry. All right, rewind that what sucker. What did you watch? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. The movie Superman is rated PG, runs two hours and 23 minutes, uh, for the theatrical release, that is, and was released in theaters on December 15th, 1978. So it's also a Christmas movie. So, mazel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was directed by Richard Donner and stars Christopher Reeve, Gene Hackman, Marlon Brando, Margot Kidder, and a few other people you may or may not recognize. Yes, some of these people have also been involved in other movies we have covered on the show, including Jackie Cooper, who plays Perry White, and also played Perry White in Superman 3 way back in Episode 1. You can listen to all our episodes by going to RetroRewindPodcast.com and put a slash there, and then the number of the episode you're looking for. So if you want to hear our review of Superman 3, it can be heard at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash one. Also, Richard Donner directed uh, this Superman movie, and he also directed Maverick back in episode number 38. So that's slash 38. He also directed Goonies, which we have a commentary for for our patrons, the Flux Capacitors. So make sure you sign up at Patreon to get some bonus content there. Margot Kidder played Lois Lane. Sadly, she passed away last year of this recording. She also has a couple quick appearances in Superman 3, which we covered in episode 1. So again, slash 1. She also played Margaret Mary in the movie Maverick back again in episode number 38. Terrence Stamp briefly played General Zod. Some of you may remember him as Chancellor Valorum in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, which we covered back in episode number 141. And Mark McClure played Jimmy Olsen. And he also played him in Superman 3, which we covered in Superman, uh, which we also covered in episode number one. 
He was also Dave McFly, Marty McFly's brother in the Back to the Future movies that we covered in episodes number 70, 74, and 77. And he also played Glenn Looney, or Lunny, in the movie Apollo 13. I don't remember him in that, but if you look for him, he's there. And we covered that in episode number 21. And uh, there may be others in this list. Uh, Francisco does a much better job at researching these. But for now, we'll end our list with John Williams, who masterfully did the music for this and these other movies we have covered. Jaws, episode number 103. The original Star Wars trilogy, episode number 79. We might as well include the Super Nintendo game Super Star Wars, which was episode 64. Close Encounters, which was episode 153, Superman 3, slash 1. Home Alone, episode number 71. And Star Wars, episode 1, The Phantom Menace, 141. And you might even find a John Ratzenberger in here, a young John Ratzenberger, who played the voice of Ham in Toy Story. Um, So this might technically be a Pixar movie. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about the budget of the film. The budget of this movie for Superman was about $55 million, and it went on to gross over $300 million in the box office. Good job, Superman. Up, up, and away. (laughs) Okay, so let's really get into this. Let's cover the top three things that we like about this movie, Superman. Top three. Dallas, let's go with you. Number three. All right, so number three that I really enjoyed about this film is after you do some quick math, you really understand why Clark Kent talks the way he does. The film takes place in the 70s, but... um, you rewind because he was gone with Jor-El for like 12 years. So that puts him right back then through the 60s. He missed all the 60s. So that means he grew up in the 40s and the 50s, mm-hmm. which is like the prime time for that whole like the truth, justice, and the American way mindset yeah. to be ingrained in him. And then, of course, in the 60s, you kind of be- became jaded about the quote-unquote American way mm-hmm. and, and patriotism. And so – it makes so much sense that he's it's in the seventies and he still talks this way. Yeah, it's because he was gone for twelve years. He yeah. missed all the the stuff of the sixties. Oh, so sounded, I appreciated that. Yeah, that's swell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that he said that. Yeah, I I I noticed that too. This viewing is like, yeah, he grew up in the fifties, listening to rock around the clock in the sixties, and so yeah, it completely makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. When I started thinking about it, he knew as much as he did know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what were those crystals they were teaching him? Yeah. All right. You, Celeste. So I liked the nod to the old phone booth stuff. Yes. He he looked at the pay phone. He's like, nah. That's going to (laughs) work. Not going to happen. And then runs off. So, like, that whole scene where he's looking at the phone booth and then spins in the thing and the man's like, the guy's like, man, that's one bad outfit. Yeah. That is my favorite part of the whole movie. Not my classic <laughs> maker, but it is my favorite. I, I completely understand because that was also my number three is that whole helicopter scene with that included. And then I thought it, it was very intense the way it was cutting, like, the helicopter spinning yeah. out of control. And, and here he comes. And then there's that famous <laughs> line you got me who's got you you (laughs) (laughs) some of it was a little cheesy with them clapping like really getting into it and it was like okay you don't have to take it that far but right 
just that whole scene I thought was so great. So yeah, it started out with that phone booth, which I thought was interesting for a first movie to introduce something like that in there that only fans would know. Yeah, you know, yeah. If nobody ever heard or watched the Superman serials or whatever, then uh, they wouldn't know that, yeah, Superman goes in the phone booth and changes. Right. So, that's, that's how that's so ingrained into pop culture, though. It is. I'm wondering if that if they just like yeah, people would should understand this regardless. Yeah, it, it this came out in the 70s and he debuted I think in 38 and this came out in 78. So that's a good 40 years of being yeah. in the culture. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that's number three. Number two, Dallas. All right, so number two for me is actually Gene Hackman. Um, oh, interesting. Like his portrayal of Lex Luthor. At first, I didn't like it. Mm. Like at first, I was like, this isn't Lex Luthor. He's not this. But then I, I had to really think about. It. I was like, I'm thinking of like the like the '90s Lex Luthor, where he's like, like Smallville. This, yeah, like well, like where he's like the successful. Like in the comics, he's like a businessman. He's running for for governor or yeah. president or something like that. Yeah, president. And, he becomes president. I think it was. Yeah. Part of the yeah. Comics. And then I think <laughs> back, and uh, I was like, no, he really was. He was a criminal. And this yeah. is, you know, the underground. And Gene Hackman, like, he did a great job. You're like, you hate him. But yeah. you like him for some reason. You, you like that you hate him. Yeah. <laughs> and so I appreciate his acting that he did all the way through. And I also, I have to give props to the costume department because he refused to shave his head. Oh, and so, oh that's right. You can barely tell at the end yeah. where, where he's bald. But I think at one point where he's yelling at him, he turns to the side. You can kind of see under kinda the see flap, flap in the back of the neck. <laughs> but it looked really, it looked real to me when I first saw it. Exactly. What is it about Superman actors refusing to get rid of their hair? <laughs> <laughs> but he did shave his mustache for this He did. Role, which he, he did. didn't want to. He first refused. Right. So, yeah. Then go all the way. But you know what? I, I completely agree with you on Gene Hackman. I think he's by far one of the best Lex Luthers uh, out there because he really shows that he's a thinker in this and he's exactly. a planner. And he's not like this um, Jesse Eisenberg, like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing socially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's very well thought out and very purposeful and very driven and i which was some of the menace of lex Luthor is that he was purposeful and everything yes and even in his yelling when he gets upset it's still believable (laughs) (laughs) this just forgot (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i thought it was i thought he did a great job celeste so i loved christopher reeves acting Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> I, I thought he did a phenomenal job. He he is Superman. No no offense to the, the new guy. But <laughs> is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least the time of this recording. When people are listening to 20 years from now, it might be another new guy. So. True. Well, no offense so, to the new new guy. But All right. So, yeah, like, Christopher just, Reeves better than him, too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just, I really appreciate it. He did the best that I've seen so far of playing Clark mm. and Superman. Mm. Yeah. Like he, you legitimately like him. Mm. Yeah. I we're, we're tracking right on par Celeste. Cause my number two is also Christopher Reeve. Nice. The way he, he plays the, like you said, the, he plays the role of Superman. So I don't know what the word is, but it's kind of like, not like I'm here to save the day, but like, <laughs> You, you like know, he he embodies truth, help. justice in the American way. Yeah, and I'm I'm a strong, powerful force, and I'm here to help. 
Right. But I love his bumbling Clark Kent <laughs> and the way he messes up and, and can't, you know, get through doors or open bottles or it's just I, I love his awkwardness that he plays so well. The fact that they put small things in there, like when he catches the bullet. Yeah. And then she walks away and he smirks as he's yeah. looking at it. You realize he's doing it all on purpose. Yeah. Yes. Like, that one scene makes you understand that he's really not this bumbling idiot. He really is Superman. But yeah. he's doing this. He's just that good. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> okay. So now it's time for our classic maker the number one thing that we love most about the movie superman let's start with celeste okay so the number one thing that i love the most about this movie is the overall feel oh so dallas and i were talking right after we we first watched it we we pre-talked before the show and we were both kind of having a hard time coming up with our likes (laughs) okay Like, like I like the movie, and I know mm-hmm. I like the movie, but pinpointing specific things as to mm. why I liked the movie was kind of hard because I just like it so much. Mm-hmm. So it gives you that feel of you're happy, you're glad you're watching this. There's some some things when, <laughs> which we'll get into, but at the same time, you don't regret watching it. Mm, okay. All right, Dallas, did you have something similar? <laughs> Well, actually, my my classic major maker originally was Christopher Reeves, but y'all took that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was um, a good choice if you decided that. It's okay. It, it was he was legit my, my classic maker. I think he embodies Clark Kent and and Superman the best, like playing the two separate parts, the very best I've seen. I I just can't think of anybody else who could pull that off, honestly, yeah. as well as he's done it. And so I really appreciated that whole aspect. But since that's already been mentioned on the show, uh, <laughs> um, kind of echoing what Celeste says, the feel of the show, the whole movie as a whole, like you can't help but watch this, even though, and we'll get into some of the stuff later about the not so great aspects of it. There are things that falter in this. Uh, a friend of ours named Ben, he had said that like this film is, it is a classic, a nostalgic, and a tragic all in one. And it, but at the same time, the entire time you're watching it, you're like, you get the sense of hope that he's portraying. Oh, like yeah. it, like as you're watching, you're like, I want to get out there and do that. You know, I want to fight for true justice, American way. You know, I'm a 33 year old man. Where's my red cape? I'm gonna go <laughs> jump off the building. You know, minus the tights. Minus the tights. But you know, <laughs> but it does. He like this inspires you more than I think I've ever seen any other Superman movie do. Oh. And especially when you take it into account with this one and the couple of the sequels, not all of the sequels, because they create this continuity within themselves. You get this, like, you feel inspired to, mm. to do something and to, to be a force of change. Man of Steel fell on that for me. I mean, it was cool, and there's some great stuff in it, but it fell. Batman v Superman, um, the unedited version was good. The theatrical version, not so good. Uh, I think the closest to feeling that, that the same feeling that this gives you is the Lois and Clark Superman. Yeah. The TV show? Yeah. Okay. That's the closest I can get to what Christopher Reeves and these Superman, these couple of Superman movies create for an individual that like creating them. I love the, the feeling of hope and I want to continue it. Okay. So your classic maker is that this movie inspires hope. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. For me, mine is the music, the score by John Williams. Mm-hmm. I just 
love the soundtrack of this movie. Um, <laughs> it is a great one. Some people feel like it's a little too bombastic for their taste, and that's fine because they can go enjoy their, their Man of Steel soundtrack. I'm going <laughs> to blast this one because I, I enjoy the, the romantic uh, era of the orchestral score and the mm-hmm. the top three songs that i like one is the uh the superman love theme where they're flying through the air mm-hmm. and, um it's very melod all these have great melodies right. number two is krypton where when you're oh, first yeah. introduced it builds up and it is so majestic and it's like <laughs> i i don't know how john williams did it but it's awe-inspiring Then of course, uh, the build up, the the bump, but a bump, bump up to the theme where yes. it's just, oh, the th- this theme of Superman is one of the best themes of all cinematic history. It's 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 just amazing. I mean, John Williams in the late seventies to to mid eighties was like on fire in this, and so all all you people that 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 say like Hans Zimmer and all this other stuff is is way better. I mean. The dude's got Jaws, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, <laughs> E.T. Like all He's done these, a few films. Yes, all these <laughs> great themes that are memorable, and and this is one of them by far. The Superman theme. Yes. So, okay, so those are the top three things that we liked about the movie Superman, and let's talk about uh, the trivial question. Let's go back to that, which was, who would you like to dress up? as and have all the people's admiration i'll go first superman was as my favorite superhero and i know i have a superman shirt and there's honestly if you don't know there's kind of a a stigmatism some people hate on is that the right word a stigma stigmatism Stigma? is an eye thing oh that's right (laughs) so your eye is squished (laughs) i have it that's why i know I was thinking stigmata, and that's not right. <laughs> that's that's the spiritual speculation conversation oh, for patron users only. Yeah. <laughs> to so, become okay. a patron user, go to patreon.com. Thank you very much. So, yeah, there's a stigma of people, guys wearing uh, Superman shirts who were, I don't know, I've heard a lot of people that say, a lot of guys, oh, man, someone needs to beat that guy up. <laughs> I think there's like this macho-ness that comes with people who like to wear it. It's kind of, they're like a little too arrogant or something. And it right. kind of rubs people the wrong way. But if you could, if I could wear that, look, I look, I, I know I don't have the greatest physique in the world or whatever, <laughs> but... Superman being uh, a childhood uh, favorite superhero of mine, that would be fun to dress up as that. And people just, it's kind of like they said the same thing of Henry Cavill when he stepped on the set wearing that Superman suit, all the eyes were glued onto him. It's like, oh, wow, this is cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
So for me, unfortunately, it's a cheap answer, but I got to go with Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Celeste. I actually have a couple. Okay. So I like to cosplay. Oh, yeah. And and I only have one. So I have a minor experience with this type of thing. Because when you dress up as the character, especially when you go in situations where everyone's dressed up as characters, they refer to you as the character. Oh, okay, yeah. I have the only cosplay I have at the moment is a bombshell Wonder Woman. So like World oh, War that's II. right. Yeah. And, and you do a good, you do a thanks. great job pulling that off. That is amazing. <laughs> so that's at the moment, my favorite mm-hmm. thing to do because like little kids will be like, hi, Wonder Woman. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm Wonder Woman. So <laughs> I don't think I'd actually want to be Wonder Woman because the jet would get old but (laughs) i do enjoy dressing up as wonder woman right and how about you dallas well let's just wrap up this dc trinity uh i'd I'd want to dress up as batman but there we go boom we are the trinity (laughs) i would request that i have the body of batman uh (laughs) because because i'm i'm a little round i mean i'm in shape rounds of shape but uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm like you man batman is it's a it's a childhood favorite for me mm-hmm. and uh there's a lot of reasons why i really connect to batman as a whole is your mother's name martha no <laughs> it's, neither is mine so yeah, okay. okay we can be friends <laughs> oh yay <laughs> so but like like kind of like same here like you know you do have the stigma like somebody wearing like the bat symbol and everybody's like oh you're dark and brooding it's like I- i'm really not very dark and brooding <laughs> But I mean, if it's intimidating you, let's, let's go for this. But uh, no. <laughs> but I love I love Batman a lot, and I like oh. where I have a couple of Batman shirts I like to wear. Uh, true story: Somebody gave me a couple years ago uh, a Batman shirt that's actually just a, a tad snug for right now, but it's the bat symbol, and it's the uh, it's done in the in the nineteen eighty nine Batman style. Yeah, with that little extra point. Yeah, points and on the, then, the tails. Right. But yeah. then it has abs. Like oh, they, nice. They silk screen abs on it. So I'm like, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a confidence booster. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I remember when the 1989 movie came out and it blew my mind. I was looking through this catalog where you can buy all this Batman merchandise. Mm-hmm. And they had a suit that looked exactly like the one with the replica that had yes. the muscles and everything. And yes. it was like hundreds of dollars, but I it, it just blew my mind that you could actually buy the suit with the muscles <laughs> built in. I'm like, this is my destiny in life. <laughs> they finally made to- it possible for anyone to become Batman. And I never did, but <laughs> yeah, you, know. I, yeah. you just have to be able to squeeze into the suit. Yeah. 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 All right. So that's fun. And let us know on uh, online listeners. You can go to our Facebook group or you can go to our uh, Facebook page or the uh, notes for this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com and let us know uh, who you would like to dress up as and have all the people just like, okay, not be like, well, maybe Loki is one and you want everyone to bow down to you. Whatever. You know, that's that's your call. Uh, but yeah, let us know who, who you like to dress up as. And uh now that you found out some trivial info about us, let's find out what memories you had of the movie Superman. So St. Clair, hey St. Clair, you said uh, so long, so long, not so long goodbye, but so long. This movie is two hours right, you're right St. Clair. So long, but a classic. <laughs> oh my gosh, 
And that's not even the extended edition. No. <laughs> and then there's the extend. Yeah, yeah. There's there's the special edition, which is longer, that has all right. the machine guns, like Superman trying to get in Lex's lair and stuff. Right. Um, uh, by the way, listener, we're going to be giving away a copy of the special edition with that extended so um, look for that on Facebook group. It's called the Retro Rewind Podcast, the group experience. And look for the post of giving away the Superman movie special edition. That'll be in the month of January 2018. Correction, 2019. Word. So who else uh, shouted out? We have Cray Cray Shay Shay. And she <laughs> said... Got angry, flew around the globe. Or was that the sequel? You've got me? Who got you? <laughs> no, that was this movie, Cray Cray Shay Shay. I was confused too, Cray Cray. <laughs> I was I thought that was the sequel too. <laughs> Clyde Thurman says everything with a bunch of exclamation marks. I literally seen it over a thousand times. Wow. I don't know if you mean literally as in like Literal, actual, or literal, like exaggerated when you right? say you've seen it over a thousand times. Because man, that... hyperbolizing your literal. Yeah, but over a thousand times. Okay, Clyde, it's... you like it a lot. You've seen it a lot. We got it. Cool. It's over nine thousand. <laughs> no, over one thousand. Oh. <laughs> All right, Don Shanahan, 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 Don Shanahan. I apologize if I butchered your name. Everything. Less less exclamation points than Clyde, so you're not as excited as Clyde. It's a top five all-time personal favorite for me. Oh, cool. John Long from the Earth Oddity podcast. Hey, John. He says, I remember his Fortress of Solitude didn't have anything that looked comfortable to sit on. How can you not have a couch in there at the very least? Good point. My man. It all looked very cold, too. Yeah. Sitting on cold things is bad. Yeah, even lying down. Yeah, there's no... I don't think comfort was at the, the mind of the designers. Right? Crazy. All right, Steve Hamilton says, I remember the product placement advertisement like Marlboro, KFC, Cheerios, JVC, and Timex. That's no lie. There were so many product placements. So I really liked the Smallville scene and the iconic scene where he lifts the car up with one hand as a baby. Classic movie. Christopher Reeves is awesome. Yeah, I do love the little kid scene in there. <laughs> and in, I do love the small build. One of my other likes I couldn't get in there was his relationship with his father. Yeah. And that whole, I thought it was excellently written. The, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. They didn't say that, but right. it was. That's basically what like, it did. Yeah. Yeah, but it, they, it, I thought it was, oh, such a good scene in there. They did so much with so little time with them. They did. They did. Well, they had over two hours. So. Anyway. <laughs> Wardale White. He says, the first time I saw the movie was when it was featured as an ABC movie of the week that would air for two parts. I would see part one on Sunday, the second on Monday. Seeing names like Marlon Brando, Glenn Ford, and Jackie Cooper and the Big S before the John Williams music sung out Superman <laughs> at the presence of the title just amped up this at the time, nine or ten years old. Christopher Reeve was a perfect Superman, making the film a welcome treat. Oh, I remember this, Wardale. Uh, I, I was young enough to remember. Yeah, it would come on to TV two nights. That's 
the only way we saw movies really as a family back then we occasionally went to the theater but a lot of times that's how i saw star wars was on tv they would have Mm -hmm. these big this was before vhs became really popular right come on tv and so yeah the three-hour edition you can now get as the extended cut that (laughs) and there's it's it's you want to talk about long that one's long it has a robot flying around krypton and everything in it it's It's uh, so for you hardcore people that love this movie, check it out. For you people that are like it but not that into it like that, just stay away. <laughs> it's not worth it. Awesome. All right. Ryan R. Jackson says, Yes, I was enthralled with Superman as a kid. My dad and I would quote it all the time. Sometimes we would ran- randomly scream, Miss Tessmaka! <laughs> <laughs> I would. Often use a towel as a cape and secure it with a uh, with a clothespin. Then run around the house or stretch out on the arms of the couch as if I were flying. Good times. That's actually how they shot that. So he was planking <laughs> <laughs> with a towel. So yeah, with a towel, yeah. planking with a towel. Yeah. And Cast Chamberlain ends our uh, shout out time with uh, nothing and laughs because she doesn't remember it. So. Oh no. <laughs> Cast Chamberlain's kind of young, so that kind of makes <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, but we're so glad to have you part of this community, Cass. All right, so that leads us into our dislike section. So we're going to go over the top three things we dislike. Number three, I'll go first. I thought it was kind of lame that in the flying sequence where it's so romantic that Superman has the biggest brain fart and says, oh, I think I'll let go of Lois Lane because I think she can fly too. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? I'm and so glad somebody shot- else saw He's- that. He has the goal to be shocked when she starts falling. <laughs> oh, I dropped her. Let me go get that. It's like, let me call my flying carpet over. Yeah. This is not Aladdin. So, so I, I'm like, come on, dude. All right, it is. So that's something I didn't like. You might have liked it even less if the original vision happened. There was originally supposed to be a singing number. Yeah, like, where, she, where Lois Lang, instead of speaking it, she sung that. Yeah, to the music that's playing. Yeah. <laughs> I, was she singing it while falling? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go with uh, Celeste. What's your number three? So the guy who was a bumbling idiot that was assisting Lex. Why would you do that? Why would you have a bumbling idiot? Why? Why why would you hire Ned Beatty? Why (laughs) to play Otis? (laughs) Why? Why? He was so out of place. Like, Lex is this really intelligent criminal mastermind. Why is he paired up with this moron? He's the only one left that would put up with him? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Tessmarker had more brains than he did, and that's say- not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, dear. I will. <laughs> Do you think it uh, having someone like the character Otis jeopardize Lex Luthor? Just to, you know, like, to have him around is kind of like an accident waiting to happen? I think... Or- it, if, if we're talking in a real life scenario, yes. But uh, the role of Otis was to be the person to show us a lifetime of the kind of abuse that Lex gives a person. 
Mm. Like that was his purpose in the whole film was just to be, oh, this dude's a jerk. Like, okay. That was the whole point of Otis being there. Like, so he's not like just a, the comic relief. He's also the punching bag. Exactly. And it's for us to go, oh, wow. That, like, it was meant to enhance the character that Gene Hackman was playing. It still sucked. And you're yeah. like, wow, like, this is like completely unrealistic. But yeah. Um, my, th- my thing, I think, is someone as smart as Lex mm. would not have someone that idiotic around. Yeah. He would know that it would jeopardize his plans, mm-hmm. and so right. he would he would either send him on small errands away of mm-hmm. oh hey go go do this go get donuts yeah we we need coffee go find coffee and do what really needed to happen instead of including him so much in his major plans mm-hmm. yeah like changing the codes on one of the missiles <laughs> exactly <laughs> like it oh, just man. it didn't. That aspect of things didn't fit for me, but I can kind of see what you're saying. For yeah. some reason, I kept expecting to, to roll his sleeve back and go, oh, part of this is smudged off and him guessing. Yeah. Or I it. didn't roll it back far enough. Here's the missing number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would fit the character. Yeah. Any, yeah. any, uh, I'm sure all those scenarios were talked about, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. All right. Number three for you, Dallas. Okay. So this is New York in the 70s. I know it's a little bit of a different culture. Different uh, different pay grade, but how much is Lois making to afford a rooftop penthouse like that? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Like, I'm watching, like, how is she affording this place? What I think, and this is from watching an f- episode of Friends, is that it was probably her great-grandmother's, and it was passed down... <laughs> From generation to generation, so she's still able to get locked into that low rent. Hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, just, okay. I can't buy that. No. I've, I've seen too many people get jacked up with uh, real estate over yeah. the years. But like, literally, that bothered me. I'm like, you don't make a lot of money as a as a. Um, she's the star reporter of the the number one selling newspaper in town. She is. She is indeed. But I mean, when you're when you're looking at you know. Ten thousand dollars a square foot <laughs> in New York City. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was quite that bad then. Right, no, but yeah. still, it, it threw, it, that kind of threw me off. I'm like, yeah, no. I, now that you say thanks, Dallas, because now Whoa. every time I watch it, I won't be able to not think about that. <laughs> There's going to be some like film theory nut out there that's going to be like, well, actually, these are the numbers in New York, and they're going to prove us wrong. Yes. And so if if Matt Pat is listening to this, first off, welcome. <laughs> but let us know matt yeah and so i can finally watch superman again at peace <laughs> at least that part why uh, did you have to make me feel one. guilty for disliking that character <laughs> that's not nice i didn't want you to feel guilty i'm just saying that's that was the perp i agree he was annoying but he was a plot device but yeah now i feel guilty why for not liking the the idiot he can't help yes. it and I mean that in the medical sense. <laughs> <laughs> he was being abused. Yeah. So. The sad thing is he probably was his whole life. Probably. Mm. Which makes me feel even more guilty. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so let's go into number two. So another thing that I really, really disliked, and I'm glad they didn't make it into a song because I would have hated it even more was Lois's monologue. Yes. Like, you were flying through the air, and he drops you. This is not time for a romantic, oh, 
is this real? This yeah. is an oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> like it, well, she, it was just. You don't yeah. believe she was caught away like. Oh, it's like those people that are like, oh, I don't care what happens to me. I'm with you. No. 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 Okay. No. And and since that's an extra bonus thing, throwing this out there, that shirt was way too thin to be flying in because she would have been freezing. Yeah. And she says, can I get a coat? And he says, no. No. You'll be fine. No, she won't. You're barely holding on to her. You're an alien. You don't have the the thin skin like we do. You don't know. (laughs) No, I totally get that. But yeah, it was just like the whole thing was overly sappy and felt forced. Oh, so you didn't like any of the flying sequence? No. The part where he dropped her was kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) That was the cherry on top. (laughs) It wasn't like, like, I felt like that scene in particular was really trying to rush the romance between Lois Mm -hmm. and him. So it felt cheap. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's to me. It felt like it was like let's throw all mm. of this emotion into one scene. Right. Well, they ran out of time. It was at two hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what threw me off when I was doing my memory meld. Yeah. Because you know the second movie is about the aliens that were sent off in the first thirty seconds of the movie. And this is my this, yeah. This isn't my tragedy maker or anything. But um, that's what threw me off was like because it felt like one continuous movie. Yeah. And I remember like in the second one. Where, uh, spoilers for me, listening to this, where, you know, he actually had to erase her memory. Like, he had he had told her who he was, and he erased her memory. And so, in my mindset, I got, those two movies are almost in one. Yeah. And I'm going, you know, they've built this, they built up this love story. So, I'd forgotten yeah. how all yeah. that worked out. And if they had built it up a little bit more, mm-hmm. I think I would have been okay with that scene. Mm-hmm. Like, if it wasn't within the first few minutes. She's a reporter, and she is not there for romance. Yeah, he's cute, but she is a reporter first. So, it, it kind of almost betrayed her character to me. Yeah, but anyone can be swept off their feet, given the right person, you know. Well, when Every Samson has their delight, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I see what you mean. It, it seems kind of you would prefer the the interaction they had during the interview part before then, where they're kind of playful, like yes, oh. that felt more natural to me. Yeah. All right, I see that. Number two for you, Dallas. Uh, number two for me, and it's it's one of those things that it's it's not fair because of the time frame, mm-hmm. but the way they made him fly and the green screening, it's my understanding they use forward projections instead of green screening. They did do green screen in several places, but just all that stuff was just really awkward. And I don't know if, again, it's maybe it's because um, we have a nice high quality DVD and I'm not watching this on a grainy TV like I did when I was a kid. Yeah. But it's just, it took me out of it when he's flying around doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, the techniques they use is really cool using zoom lenses and for projection. That, those are cool techniques. And I love that stuff that they did. Mm-hmm. But watching it nowadays, it just doesn't hold up like it did. What's yeah. forward projection? Forward projection is where it's like you actually have something projected on a screen and the actor's in front of it. Oh. Mm-hmm. They do that a lot. Like um, in the King Kong films, they did that a lot. When okay. They have the people and there's like, King Kong. Ah! Is that how they made Elijah Wood so short in Lord of the Rings? No, he's just short. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they use the actual placement for Elijah Woods, but they also... They did some actual manipulation of some stuff. Gotcha. Green screening. 
So in the original trailers, one of the taglines was, uh, you will believe a man can fly. Mm-hmm. So 40 years later, this being the 40th anniversary when we record the movie release of Superman, you do not believe a man can fly. It takes you out of the movie saying, oh, cheap special effects. Yeah, it would almost have been better if they did the classic cutaway, like he jumps out of a window and oh, yeah. then you have the stuff and you see him landing. It would yeah, be so better really for that. Like the old black and white cereal. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, again, with technology they had back then, I, I, I was watching a thing. They play around different ideas of like, you know, having models and stuff like yeah. that. That would have been so much worse. And so they really did the absolute best thing they could have possibly done in the situation they were in. So I appreciate it tremendously. But as a rewatch years later, it does take you out. Yeah. And uh, now you have to, if you're like me, you have allowances for that. You're like, that's cool. But if you're a skeptic person, uh, you're coming in just raw. I, I think some people might have some issues with that. Yeah. All right. So my number two things is that the the farther along this movie gets, things just stop making sense more and more. <laughs> um, it, I think it starts when Gene Hackman, Lex Luthor, starts playing the dog whistles and only superman can hear him and uh, clark just goes to a window and basically looks like he's committing suicide and falls out <laughs> and nobody's doing anything <laughs> nobody's Nobody doing anything. so not only okay yeah that's that's kind of unbelievable because as soon as like a, a helicopter is like flying around close to an edge of a building at night you have a huge crowd going oh look at that but as right. a guy falling out of a window in daylight nobody cares anyway <laughs> As he's falling, uh, there's a transition of a guy in a suit that fades into a guy in in a, a Superman suit instead of right. a, a like a a two uh, whatever a work suit into it anyway. Right. So it's that's kind of an, and then it just escalates, especially as he's saving the world as he's pushing rocks back up <laughs> from a fault line, and then like he, I love the idea as a kid of. Him going underneath the train tracks and extending his arm to have the um, the train go right over him. But why, as an adult, I'm thinking, why doesn't it derail? Right. <laughs> and then, then it it gets. I'm telling you, it gets worse. <laughs> so, okay. And I don't know where my tragic maker begins, and this second one one ends because it kind of flows together tragic maker but the idea uh, it, it things not making sense gets worse it it changing the rotation of the earth does not turn <laughs> <burn> back time <laughs> okay. in fact that kills people yeah that would cause so many earthquakes people. and I've, almost everyone would be dead and then Going back the other way after that does not kickstart time again. <laughs> I can understand because at first I thought, oh, he's he's not turning the earth around. He's just going around super fast, so fast that he's using the gravitation of the earth to spin him faster and faster so that he eventually goes faster than light and actually travels back in time, right. which scientifically makes sense. But then he stops 
and goes back the other way as to spin the earth back up again, which no, 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 that, that, that's throwing all scientific reasoning out. And then I think this is where my tragic maker begins because when he goes back in time, it appears, but it doesn't because the first time we see Lois Lane, when her car dies, there's a bunch of rocks falling yeah, and my tragic maker. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> I don't understand the ending, and maybe you can help it out. Okay. He doesn't go back in time. I think he creates an alternate universe or something. <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking Dallas's tragic maker here. Uh, do you? I'll let, I've been speaking a while, Dallas. You take no, 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 no. Keep going, all? man, because I'm on. I want to rant about this with you. Okay. <laughs> So the first time Lois's Clark stalls, there's a bunch of rocks falling. There's a big crack that's coming. When Superman says, oh, forget the town, forget everybody. I'm not going to save them anymore. I'm going to go back and save Lois instead. Mm -hmm. After his father explicitly told him not to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll get into that maybe later. In his head. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. It's kind of a Simba thing. Yeah. Simba Remember that you so are Superman. <laughs> when he gets to Lois, there's no rocks falling. There's no cracks. Did yes! like so? Oh, oh, did he oh, somehow stop the the missile from exploding? And we didn't see that. He's going. Nothing is. What what I don't understand is okay. At first he saved the town. Then he goes back, and it's almost like the earthquakes and the explosions didn't happen somehow. So does that mean he doesn't have to save the town, the dam again, or is that town completely destroyed and all those people destroyed because he saved Lois? Right. I don't know. I was I was so frustrated with it at the same time. At first I thought, okay, everything's coming back together. I'm like, all right, so maybe. Like I'm trying to rationalize. Like maybe they don't see, they don't show us that he did all that. Maybe, and then I'm trying to go like maybe he's still there in time. You know what I'm saying? Like, like his there's an alternate him still there, and he's like, I'm gonna let that Superman handle that stuff. I'm gonna handle this wait, stuff. Wait, right wait, here. wait, wait. Like in Superman three, where he splits Clark Kent and evil Superman, but this time he splits into two, two good Supermen. Kind of, kind of. It's kind of like it's in, like it's time paradox stuff, man. Time I'll, I'll stuff. I'll say that's it's not making any sense. I'm like, like I'm I'm okay. Doctor Who in this mess. Yes. So it's there's an episode of Doctor Who where he does things so fast that there's like six of him, and they're not other doctors. They are literally he is moving so fast that time has held on to the back image. So it's kind of like. It, it's a he's moving so fast or you're moving so fast that you're seeing him in multiple spots in time in the seconds. So I think yeah, that might the, the, be what was happening. The CW I, Flash does something similar with the reverse yeah. Flash, and I don't buy it at all. Like right. <laughs> it's just look, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I tried my best to rationalize it. I can't rationalize it. It drives me nuts. I'm like, because even with all that, where's the crack that was like? We're sitting there. I'm like, you need to get out of the car. Right. You need to get out of the car. And then here comes Jimmy Olsen. Why'd you leave me there, Superman? I'm like, right. what? Where's the crack that's about to eat everybody? Right. Why no, is no, he no, upset? No. Why are things falling around him but not Lois? Right. <laughs> it doesn't make it. Oh, my gosh. So I, I don't. I, yeah, my tragic maker is I don't know what happened to 
millions of people. Is half of California in the ocean because he decided to save Lois instead? I don't know. Yes. I really, this is, this is, I'm going in there with you. All right. The tragic maker. And not just the like, because I don't think he saved him. I just think that they just didn't write the script. Yeah. (laughs) Either way, the crack, even if he decided like, oh, forget the rest of the world, I'm going to save Lois. Right. It there was still, there. there still should be a crack coming up on her to eat the dad gum car. Yeah, and she would need, he would need to save her from exactly right. like it. And again, in the grand scheme of things, the turning around, going forward, that's not even the weirdest superpower that Superman has. Right. There's a comic where he shot little Superman out of his fingers. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? I totally missed that one. What? He's done hypnotism. He's yeah. done mind reading. He does all kinds of crazy stuff in the comics. So in the grand scheme of things. Spinning the earth around, kickstarting it back on forward. It's not the weirdest thing. But no. why in the world is there not again, what did the writers do? Like why did they just like, eh, we just, like were they just done? They're like, this yeah. is a three hour movie. We're done writing. I mean yes. what happened here? I, I think you're right. Well, well like you said it in the second one. Superman two was originally supposed to be Superman one in the in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. but they got so much footage, even with the extended three hour cut, they're like, no, we got to chop this no more. <laughs> and like, well, we don't have an ending. In fact, I somehow, I think it's in the Donner cut of Superman two. He goes, or at least it originally was him going spinning back in time was how he was going to defeat the three Kryptonians. But then they said, oh, we already did that in Superman 1. We can't do that again because that was the original ending. So -hmm. they took the original ending from 2 and put it in 1, and it doesn't make sense. So there's a lot of things that don't make sense in this, unfortunately. (laughs) it's uh, and, And truth be told, every comic book movie lover that likes this movie Almost every single one of them hates the ending. They'll be like, yes, I love Superman, but we don't talk about the ending. (laughs) (laughs) We don't talk about those things. No. So, Celeste, what was the tragic maker for you? Mine seems kind of uh, minor. We'll end it on a more positive note. (laughs) Well, because I agree that that was my tragic maker, but I was trying not to steal Dallas's tragic maker. So, but, ooh. Oops, sorry. Lois's screaming was oh. so annoying. Uh, okay. Like like in the helicopter scene? Anytime this woman freaks out. Oh yeah, she and screams. when she's buried by the the yeah, it's, the dirt clogs. Yeah. It's like the swamp thing is coming out of the ground to eat her every yeah. time. Yeah. I'm like it is not that like and again I'm comparing it to what I know of Lois Lane. Oh yeah. So the Lois Lane I know would have been freaked out, yes, but would have been more thought yeah. ahead of it. Like Yeah, it wasn't so emotional. So in yeah. your in your mind, who is the better Lois Lane? Um I don't know. Because I don't think any any of the actresses portray them amazingly i think probably the lois and clark because that's the one i grew up on terry hatcher yeah mm-hmm. yeah so she because and so i think that's what who i'm comparing everything she's a to. good I, I will say she is a good lois lane i don't know from when i read the comics it's very different than well it depends on this um what year you're reading the comics. Yeah, that's true too yeah like, if you read yeah. the early one like lois is like 
like she's a strong feminist, but she's a wuss and just gets yeah. in the way. And people hated her. <laughs> Literally, there was like a writing campaign to have Superman spank her for being naughty. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would go over well in the Amy Adams version. No, no it wouldn't. But because I very much appreciate Lois Lane being not the damsel in distress all the time, even mm-hmm. when she's in distress and Superman ultimately has to save her, she still puts some effort forth. She is not Buttercup who picks up the sword and doesn't stab the RUS. She right. <laughs> she actually like does stuff to help. Yeah, yeah. So the screening was just kind of, it was like, what are you doing, lady? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. She's not someone that a lot of female watchers look can look up to when it comes yeah. to being in danger yeah mm-hmm. so i get that the rock started to fall on her car and the big crack is coming she screams she doesn't get out of the car <laughs> she doesn't and drive at, at, well, she yeah drive. and at first i'm like why are you just sitting there but you know when the fight or flight instinct comes you can't really choose all right i'm gonna uh fly when you're stuck you know in shock yeah. and you're in but anyway right. yeah it's it's a bit unfortunate they didn't make her more strong but she didn't know how to spell either wait that's not positive <laughs> 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 all right so those are are the things that we liked and disliked so let's go into our final rating firing solution complete Rating salvo ready on your mark. So let's get to our final ratings. The ratings are classic, nostalgic, and tragic. Classic, you'd recommend this movie to anyone. And nostalgic, you only recommend it to people who have seen it. You haven't seen it. Don't bother watching. You're not going to enjoy it as much. Or tragic, even if you did like it before, don't rewatch it again because it's not as good as you remember. So, final ratings. Let's go with ladies first, Celeste. I'm going to stick with my original. I still think it's a classic. It has its problems, but I honestly think that this is a movie that everyone should watch at least once. All right. And what do you hope that they get out for someone who hasn't seen it? Like Some people who've seen it, they don't like it, but at least you hope they get what out of it? I hope they feel hopeful. Because right. that's the point of Superman. That sounds like what Dallas was saying. So, Dallas, what do you rate this movie? As much as the ending bugs the ever-loving snot out of me. <laughs> I like how your snot is ever-loving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rate this as a classic. I think that people should watch this film. If nothing else, it just gives you an interesting look at a age of American mindset that is so far removed from what we have today in 2019, the, the pureness of Superman of, of Clark Kent mm-hmm. and Superman of the, the hopefulness and, and the, look, I just want to do the right thing. I want to help people, but there's a way of doing it. That's supposed to be done. Right, man. That's just something I feel like that as a generation we've lost, you yeah. know, uh, people as a whole have lost that mindset. And I think this is a great film to kind of re- recapture that and inspire people. Again, it was probably more inspiring than Man of Steel. Yeah. 
I I have to agree with you both. I consider this movie a classic. I love this movie. The nostalgia on this is firing so strong on this <laughs> that I can't rate it anything less than a classic. So I I agree that my viewpoint may be a little tainted just because I grew up loving this and I and I and I think there's some amazing dialogue in here that there's a yeah. lot of things that we like and things that we don't like that we didn't get around to talking about. So I concur. Check this out if you can. With a little caveat, there's a good chance you may not like this because I've heard a lot of younger audience say it's it's too unrealistic, it's too sappy, it's too uh, over the top, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like mm-hmm. the modern movies aren't anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I agree. This movie holds a lot of, I want to say innocence, but mm. that's not quite the right word mm. either. But it it does hold it. it I think you're right, Dallas. There's like a little time capsule of values that yeah. we, at least society, used to hold to. Mm. So maybe that's why it's so nostalgic, but right. I, I love it. <laughs> So, yeah, whether you've seen this movie before or not, the Retro Rewind podcast rates Superman, the movie, a classic, unanimous classic. Yes. Go out, buy the, right now, it's available in 4K. Honestly, I wouldn't pay the prices right now. Wait for it to go down a little. (laughs) (laughs) And check it out if you haven't yet. So... Francisco likes to rush through this, so let's see if I can do it, too. Vote on the movies we cover at rrp.com slash vote. Buy our t-shirts at rrp.com slash store. Get bonus content and obey my dog and more by supporting us on Patreon and at retrorewindpodcast.com slash support. You can contact us at maybe because rrp.com is not a real website. I don't think it links to ours, but you can try it. I think he Um, just sorted it. Yeah, I think so, too. So let's go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash contact. Oh. And they need to not go to RRP.com. Oh, okay. It, I'll review that a, then. It's a retirement home. <laughs> retirement <laughs> planning. So uh, if you if want a you retirement plan, uh, you can go there. But if you want to contact us, we're at RetroRewindPodcast.com. And you can talk to us on social media. We are a Retro Rewind Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can also watch us record these very podcasts sometimes. Not while we're searching for Francisco, because he's usually in charge of that. But you can catch him on the streams where he plays video games and does does pixel art, because he has a time machine. Don't ask me how that all works. But you can follow us at twitch.tv slash Retro Rewind Pod. And don't ask the makers of Superman how the time thing works either, because obviously they got it all wrong. (laughs) But honestly, I am so grateful to both Dallas and Celeste Moore for coming on and helping me review the movie Superman. Thank you so much for taking time to do this and um hopefully we can find francisco soon but in the meantime please tell us how we can find you online and uh, you can find us on our facebook instagram and twitter just look for geek devotions we try to make it easy for everyone to find Uh, we also have a website geekdevotions.com where we post articles and our devotions that we do on a weekly basis and uh, little uh, short things, Extra Tuesdays and stuff like that. Like we had this really cool Extra Tuesday a few weeks ago where these two dudes did a retro review of uh, Back to the Future Christmas special. 
Oh, cool. I got to check that out. That's yeah, man. Amazing. And most of all, I appreciate you. Yes, you. You, you right now listening to this. Yeah, you. All right. Whether it's the first time you're listening to the show or you're part of the Rad Rewinder community, thanks for spending time with us. And we pray that you're more joyful now than you when you than when, when you get tongue twisters and when you first hit play. Uh, again, I am Paul J. Powers. You can catch me at pauljpowers.com where I have all my links to my social media. Come by and say hi. And finally, we are proud to be part of the Retro Junkies Network at retrojunkies.com. Sorry, that's not the right address. At theretrojunkies.com and the Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. You can catch us at either of those. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you and our captain, hopefully, on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. No, no, no. Wait, Alice. Don't return back to base. Throw an ultra ball at him. <laughs> How about a, a, a green shard of glass? <laughs> <laughs> Just toss it into the ice. Why did he throw that? Why? What told him to throw that? My wife was asking me the same thing, and I said it's in. I think it's like instinct. It's kind of like how do birds know to go south for the winter or um you know fish no well okay that's a good point (laughs) how do like fish know where to swim to where they were born you know or how do there's certain migrating things that are like instinct so i think superman and alien is more animal than human (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's a super mammal Animal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dallas. Thank you, Celeste. Yeah. Uh, have a great day. Miss Tessbucket! Okay, Captain, I've got... I am not the captain. Just because I've assumed command doesn't make me the captain now. We are on a mission to retrieve our captain. I'm still the EXO, but you can call me Paul. Okay, Paul. Yeah. I've got the data sorted and configured. We're not 100% sure, but it appears the captain may have gone to the movie Dark Crystal in 1982. All right. Thank you today. Alice, laying a course for Dark... But what if he's not there and our calculations are incorrect? I understand. It's a gamble, but it's worth a shot. Alice, laying the coordinates for 1982's Dark Crystal and rewind when ready. As the crew leaves one movie to another... Will they find their beloved captain, or is he lost forever in the sea that is the movie space-time continuum?